0: the chapter you've been waiting for the perfect close obviously closing the sale is your goal when you do a sales presentation and if you have the fundamentals of the perfect presentation perfect it's going to be so much easier to close the sale than if you've not done a perfect presentation and that's why we have the presentation checklist that's why we have the fundamentals That's why closing is CD3 of the second set. Because until you do a perfect presentation and you have all the fundamentals perfect, you're never going to have a great closing percentage. Obviously, assuming the sale, which is included in this chapter, is the chapter that you need to listen to the most to have a high initial ask closing percentage. The next chapter that you need to listen to the most along with closing the sale is the next CD on handling objections. Many orders are closed on the first ask. If you get everything right and you really pay attention to this CD, you actually will be able to close a lot of deals on the first ask. I would say that on average, I closed about 50% of all of my sales on the very first ask, and probably another 20% after just a minor objection. And then the other 30%, I would have to handle objections like a professional and fight for the order for the client and with the client. So handling objections is extremely important to having a high closing percentage and handling them well. When I say handling objections, I mean listen to the next CD on handling objections and get it perfect too because it ties in with this chapter and with all of the fundamentals to make sure you have a high closing percentage. Now let's understand that if you're weak at closing, all is lost. If you're a choker at the close, you're not going to make a lot of money. But when you're learning to sell, you will choke at the close. It is going to happen. That's why you've got this CD series. This is why you've got Sales Superstar to be able to refer back to and figure out what you did wrong. That's why you need to review the presentation checklist after all your presentations and notice and take responsibility if you're choking at the close. Again, you should be able to close a high percentage of sales on the first ask and you should be able to close a very high percentage of your sales, almost all of them on the first presentation based on the business that you're in. Now, obviously, if you're in the real estate business and you go and look at a house and the clients don't like it, you're not going to be able to sell them the deal. As a real estate agent, the real deal is not actually selling the house. The real close is in selling yourself as becoming the client's real estate agent. Because we know if you do a good job, eventually they're going to buy a house and hopefully many more from you. So based on what you sell, on average, you should be able to close your deals on the first sales presentation. For anything that I've ever sold, I have always tried to close on the first sales presentation and I've been extremely successful at it. And many other salespeople selling the same thing as me have not been successful. And the reason being is because they're weak at closing and they choke at the close. The fact is, is that you, first of all, need to understand that you should be closing on the first presentation as many times as possible. And there's a reason why you need to do this. There's actually two reasons. The first reason is, is that if you don't attempt to close on the first sales call, on average, you will not get the deal because people will tell you they want to think about it. Now, understand that want to think about it is a pseudonym for no. It basically means no. How many times have you told a sales rep that you want to think about something when all you wanted to do was leave because they did not sell you on their product or service? I want to think about it. Is simply a way of saying no. And even people would have good intentions. Many times people do like your product or service and they have good intentions and they would be interested in it, but something else comes up. They get caught up in the next thing for them and they don't call back. And guess what? When you don't get the deal on the first sales call, it rents space in your brain. This is reason number two why you want to close on the first sales call. For me, I would rather close on the first sales call, get the order or not get the order and move on. If somebody calls me back or if I have time to call someone back and they say yes, that's great but I'm not going to count on it. I'm not going to have a rent space in my brain. I want to be moving on. I want to be doing presentations all day long. I want to be presenting and prospecting all day long. That's what a sales superstar does. They don't sit around and wait for their callbacks or wait to call people back all the time. They need to be moving on and doing more presentations and be doing more prospecting because that's the lifeblood of a sales superstar. More presentations and more closing. When you've got the callbacks renting space in your brain and you're thinking are they going to call back are they going to call back i think i'm going to get this deal i think i'm going to get this deal this turns into a double whammy when the promise turns sour when the client calls you or you call them and they say oh i just have to think about it a little bit longer and oh my husband said i couldn't do it and oh the car got broke down or oh something happened to the furnace or oh the water heater broke or oh the kids need some braces you know what these things are always going to happen there's always something in someone's life that's always going to come up but when you get this letdown When you're waiting for the callback and it's renting space in your brain and the promise goes sour, this is an emotional letdown and this creates negativity. See, the whole idea in a sales career is that you want to gain and maintain momentum. That's fundamental number 12 of the fundamentals of selling, gaining and maintaining momentum. When you close deals, you gain and maintain momentum you become a better salesperson. The fact is, when you take a look at your order and rather than making an excuse and saying, oh, they had no money or they have to talk about it or they got to go to the board or they got to do this, they got to wait for three months, rather than doing that and honestly looking at your sales presentation and seeing where could you have closed better? Where at the closing moment could I have done a better job? When you look at it that way, that's when you start to improve your closing percentage. I have a friend of mine, his name is Mike Edgson. I started off working with Mike Edgson and he became a friend. He got me into exercise and I thank Mike for that. We both worked in the insulation business for several years together and Mike was a very hard worker and he was a fairly good salesperson. He was a good presenter and he had a lot of potential. Mike had one bad habit. He used to love to not close on the first sales call. He used to love to leave the contract behind and come back the next day. Now, in the insulation business, it was a very easy deal to sell because the government paid for a lot of the cost of the insulation through a government grant to conserve energy. So it was fairly easy to sell, and Mike would literally work from nine in the morning till nine at night. Now, I would not work as hard as Mike. I would work from one till nine, put in my eight hours, and I would make about 20% more than Mike working about... 70% 70% of the time of Mike. The fact is is that when Mike shifted businesses and the grant ended, he did not do all that well because he never learned how to close deals. And I sure hope he got back into the sales business because he was a very personable person. He was very honorable and he really believed in his product. But the fact is, is that he never learned how to close on the first sales presentation. And this is important that, You need to learn to do this. Again, if a deal comes back, bonus. If somebody calls you back, bonus. Let's not dwell on it. Let's not let it rent space in our brain. Let's take responsibility and let's move on. Let's talk about the most successful closes. To start off with, there's only one way to start your initial close, and that's with assumption. That's the only way to close. My background of working door-to-door for nine years made me learn that I had to close on the first sales call. I mean, when you're out knocking on doors, and this is the only way that you're going to earn money to eat, to drive your car, to put a roof over your shoulders, you have to learn to close. And I did not only learn how to close, I learned how to close and make a ton of money and gain a ton of experience and trained many other people to do well also. The fact is, is that I learned that I had to assume or I would not make the sale. So the chapter on assumption, again, you're going to learn and listen to that over and over and over again and become an assumption master. We're going to talk about assumption. All right. Two, the drop price or build value close. This is all about removing the sticker shock and giving someone a great deal. If you really like something, but you could buy it any time for that price, why would you act right now? Even if the need was really built up. And I'm going to caveat this because if the need is built up magnanimously, you could close the sale if you've not built value perfectly. But if you build value perfectly and you drop the price and offer a special price today for buying or If you build the value way up so that when you give the price, there is no sticker shock. This is close number two. And it's really important that you combine these two closes. So assumption, drop price right together. Meaning in the water filter business, for example, we would have a regular price list of $3,995 for a whole house water filter system. If someone called in, that's what the price was. When we visited people at their location, we always had a special price for purchasing on the first sales call of $29.95, $1,000 savings. This was to encourage people to act now. Now, I don't know if you have that in your product or business, or that's something that you can use or you can't use, if you can't, then you need to build the value of your product way above. And again, listening to the chapter on building value, the fundamental on building value will help you do this. One thing you always want to do here is you want to always start at the highest price of any product that you have that would suit your client. Meaning that if you have more than one offer, if you have an offer of a High price product, you have a secondary product that may not be quite as good and a third product that may not be quite as good. You always want to start at the highest price product first so the sticker shock comes out on the first ask. In our TrueStar business, we have a variation of our service that we offer clinics. One is ten thousand dollars, that's the full training, the full system, the online portal and everything we have a program that doesn't include the online portal for 7500 and we have the basic program for 5000 with reduced training we always start at 10000 because once the sticker shock is out of the way it's easier to drop the price and offer a lesser offer on a second ask if it still offers some benefits so one thing you always want to do is you always want to start at the highest possible price.